Нет, но это слово ты знаешь еще за школой. Capital. А Лондон из за Capital of Great Britain. Capital. Эксклюзивное радио на английском языке в Москве. Guys, I love you. На частоте 105.3. На сайте capitalfm.moscow. В умных колонках. Алиса, включи радио Capital FM. Хорошо. Радио Capital FM. А также прямая трансляция из открытой студии в Москва-Сити на нашей странице ВКонтакте. Слушай, как хочешь. Слушай, где хочешь. Слушай. Capital FM Moscow. With Alan Moore. A warm welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM this Sunday evening. My name is Alan Moore and I hope you will allow me to be your co-host for the next hour of sports power with the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews. In the world of sports, folks, it's been a huge day in the English Premier League. Uh, we're going to have the roundup on that with the two Andes. And also we'll have a look at the Champions League that's coming up this week and... The Spartak show goes on. Yeah, some strange events at the Spartak Arena tonight, or I should say, Otkriti Arena, even though we all know who gave the money for it. In part two, we have a former top gymnast. She is an author and producer of the absolutely immense. It is the one of the best. No, it's not one of the best. It is the best sports documentary of all time. Athlete, a, a film that you can watch on Netflix. Jennifer Say, she's going to talk about child safety in sport. And do we really want to win? At all costs. And that's before a very, 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 very special Big Fat Filthy Quiz, which is in honour of International Women's Day, which, of course, is tomorrow. So anyone who's out there listening who has not bought tulips, who has not bought flowers for the females around them or females in their life, don't worry about it. The most important thing you could just say is, I love you and I respect you, because that's what this is all about, is that men and women are equal. And meanwhile, we're talking with two unequals, the Andes, Andrew Flint and Mandy Mack. How are you guys doing this evening? Having a great evening. I cannot wait till possibly what I think will be the most entertaining quiz of all time in the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. <laughs> okay. Now, before we uh, heap um, punishment to poor old Andy Mack, um, okay, Man City's 21-game winning run up today with a 2-0 victory for Manchester United. A deserved win, Andrew Flint. Yeah, in short. Um, I know I could quite easily be accused of bias, but... I knew that Manchester United would be well prepared for what I thought would be a gritty, defensive, nil-nil uh, performance. Um, Manchester United have been responsible for over a quarter of nil-nil draws so far in the league this season. And they've, they've proven to be very good away from home. They ceded possession to Manchester City like they usually do. But where it mattered the most in the goal-scored column, um, they, they picked them off. And in all honesty... Manchester City had a lot of possession and one or two very close misses. So it wasn't as if Manchester United blew them away, but the overall performance deserved the win. Um, it won't change things in terms of the title race, but on the day, Manchester United deserved winners. OK, now, of course, Tottenham Day are going to kick off uh, shortly in around 11 minutes' time against Crystal Palace. That is at home. Earlier on, uh, Andy Mack, your favourite team, well, favourite English team, went down 1-0 to Fulham. The sixth home loss in a row, Andy Mack. I mean, what the hell has gone on in Anfield? Well, Jurgen Klopp made seven changes um, and it was um, 
Uh, probably the worst Liverpool performance I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I think they, they didn't particularly look like a team. Um, they looked lost up front. Yotta, Shakiri back in. Uh, Williams, Williams, Phillips and Robertson at the back just couldn't deal with uh, Myers' bulk and, and Lookman's pace. They were at sixes and sevens. Conceded a poor goal right before half-time. Didn't really come back out guns blazing second half. And yeah, um, I really don't know where they go from here, but um, injuries, obviously, I think just they need to, to get their head straight for the Champions League this week. Yeah, we, we, we said this in September. This is nothing new. And it, and it frustrates me listening to people like talking about what's happening, what's happening. Now, um, I was speaking with somebody from within Liverpool Football Club this past week, and he told me that the Schlumberger, the recovery expert that they brought in from Borussia Dortmund, has been brought in to prepare for next season because Klopp, even last November, had written the, the championship off. Uh, Andrew Flint, do you think that that's the right idea, that they already had written it off, so they're kind of just, this is a recovery season, get the injuries out of the way, get rid of some dead wood like Mo Salah, maybe Sadio Mane as well, mm -hmm. and then come back hard uh, in August? Well, at this stage of the season, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I mean, they, they, the season isn't completely over. They do need to recover as fast as they can. Um, no European football whatsoever would be a complete disaster. Um, I mean, obviously, the title race was a done deal a long time ago. I'm surprised, a little bit surprised to hear that back in November, even within the club, that they were writing it off. But even then, we did call it that early, didn't we? So um, I think the most important thing, yeah, like you say, is recovery, because that is the, well, the buzzword, if you like. Um, they, they really, there is no point trying to run their assets into the ground. I don't like calling players assets, but that is what they are in the modern game. Um, and in terms of recruitment, they have had a, a phenomenal track record if, with recruitment. Um, so I think they need to tap into that again. And I, we've said before, Mo Salah, I think, really is, unfortunately, it sounds weird, but it's the problem. Because he, with him in the squad, he picks himself. But I think they need somebody perhaps younger and perhaps fitter. Okay, Andy Mack, um, there yesterday I think it was you you mentioned in in um, in our chat that you are looking to bring Mbappe in from PSG, but I mean that completely goes against the the whole thesis, shall we say, the whole raison d'être for the Fenway Sports Group. They're not going to bring in someone on a huge huge amount of money um, and, and sort of like break their whole sort of their strategy, or could they? Well, they, they certainly won't be bringing in players like that if they're not in the Champions League next season. Um, so, showing total disrespect by bringing in a load of youngsters against Fulham is the wrong way about going, uh, wrong way to go about everything at the moment. Um, and they were punished. Um, it's probably extra reason for Scott Parker to go and get the win. But if they fall short of qualifying for Europe next year, I don't know where they go because their top stars won't want to play uh, and they won't be able to attract players in. So perhaps this season really is all about developing those youngsters going through. But, I mean, that's a big step up uh, for a lot of them. And if they don't win the Champions League this year, I think they may be struggling to qualify for, for Europe full stop. So they can forget the likes of Mbappe.
Yeah, it, it, that, it just seems completely ridiculous for me. I mean, looking now at the uh, table as it stands, Liverpool down in seventh place uh, with two games more played than the two teams immediately above them, Everton and West Ham. Uh, Chelsea in fourth with uh, one game in hand over Leicester, Man United and Man City. Um, earlier on today, I suggested that Liverpool have done a Leicester, but they basically, instead of starting badly, they're ending badly. Do you think, am I far off the mark in that, Andrew Flint? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I think, uh, well, like Andy Max says, I think the, uh, well, effectively getting into the second or third tier competitions in Europe is, is almost a waste of time, really, because the revenue is such a drop off. Um, it's starting, the, the start of the season, Liverpool, you, you honestly couldn't have said that this is the position you thought Liverpool would be in, even with the issues that we've highlighted before on the show with their the fitness and capacity to to push at the level that they were going at previously. Um, at this rate, I mean, Spurs are, what, one point behind, two games in hand. Um, I mean, Jose is always imploding um, and, and recovering and imploding again, so you can't predict, but... That is not much ground to make up. So I think uh, I think Liverpool are in serious, serious trouble. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at it, um, Liverpool could be bypassed very, very quickly by Aston Villa and Tottenham Hotspur. So, OK, um, moving on from that, because I don't want to dwell on because of the, the misery of the, the Liverpool faithful. I mean, there's a lot of really good fans there that who listen to the show and are, you know, spectrum massively. A lot of kind of the plastic fans have been uh, jumping on and sending direct messages on Twitter going, you know, kind of like, am I happy? Happy because I'm a Manchester United fan. I thought that's one of the most insulting things anyone's ever called me. People like calling Andy Mack a, a Rangers fan, you know, um, especially an old Rangers fan, not the new one, which uh, the new Rangers um, incarnation, which of course won the league this weekend. Um, okay, on to Russian football very well, solidly. Siska winning yesterday 2 0 at home to Ahmad, so that was we predicted it. We also had then 3 0 all draws between Dinamo putting two past. Tambov earlier on today and then Spartak beating Krasnodar 6-1. Now we did say that all Moscow clubs would win this weekend um, Andrew Flint are you sticking by that prediction because uh, local play Arsenal tomorrow in Tula at 2 o'clock mm-hmm. Yeah I have to say so. Um, I mean wow I don't, I don't even know what other words to say about Spartak today. They absolutely ripped Krasnodar to shreds um, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. And one of the concerns I raised about Quincy Promise returning was how would they fit in a fourth frontline striker? Well, Spartak spectacularly answered the question for me with all four scoring. Um, Sobolev a double on his birthday. I believe, in fact, he's the only second Spartak player to score more than one goal on his birthday since um, Simonian uh, about 70 years ago. Um, Promise scoring and setting them up. Krasnodar were dreadful at the back, but the game was in the balance until, well, I'd say about just after half-time. It was great save from Alexander Maximienko to, to keep it at 2-0, uh, 2-1, sorry. Uh, 2-0, sorry. Um, so, I mean, absolutely stunning. Uh, Krasnodar's joint record defeat as well, um, and they are a good side, so that's no mean feat, but Krasnodar in trouble. Loco tomorrow should complete it, um, complete the set. So, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we saw Krasnodar, I mean, absolutely getting battered by uh, Ural last week, um, which is not good for them because, I mean, they're, they're going to finish out of uh, European places 
for certain, and that's not going to be good for uh, for, for for their owner, especially for his uh, his bank balance. Um, Andy Mack, looking at those results today. Um, I know you're a fan of Siskal. Like, I mean, you, you like Vlasic, for example. Um, looking at Spartak today, is that Spartak back? Uh, because, I mean, if you look at the table now, Zenit, um, they have a game in hand, of course, they play tomorrow. They, they have, they're two points ahead of Siska. Spartak then are on 38 points, four points of Zenit. Then you have Sochi, the surprise packets, but um, let's just say they... They let themselves down, drawing nil-nil in the South Coast Derby against Ross Stov. But if Loco win tomorrow, they're then level with Ross Stov. Um, Andy, do you think maybe Loco could make a, a late run to grab a fourth spot, maybe? Um, I don't see why not. I think those teams in and around that spot, I, I think uh, Sochi, Dinama, Rostov, uh, even Spartak, are, are too inconsistent at the moment to really have any sort of drive at a league title. Um, so... I, I mean, I had my doubts about Krasnodar against Dinamo Zagreb or whatever you want to call them these days um, in the Europa League. Um, so I think they're, they're probably now get, getting pulled further down rather than looking up. Loco have got a real chance, I think, but they're they're so inconsistent themselves. Um, I mean, they're run before the winter break of, of, of um, losses to Kimki, Krasnodar, um other than the Champions League performances, they, they, they look like two different teams. Um, so they need to get the kind of level of performances that they had in the Champions League and, and somehow merge that into league form. And if they can get a run together, I don't see six points, seven points um, difference between between a European spot and them at the moment being a bridge too far. OK, that is fair enough, because again, you know, they did well. It just seemed to be seemed that they're a mirror team. They're doing great in the Champions League. They they play well against the good teams and then go play down to the level of your teams. So we discussed it with Kiro Bredo, of course, as well. He'll be on in a, in a week and a half's time, or two weeks' time, sorry. Um, OK, Champions League is back. We made a mistake, of course, last week when I, when I started talking about it. But um, I just want to ask you, Andrew Flint, about the big one, Liverpool, Red Bull, Leipzig. That is on Wednesday, 11 o'clock local time uh, Liverpool with a couple 2-0 lead but they should beat the uh, fizzy energy drink boys shouldn't they? Well in theory they should although if you look at Liverpool's home record at the moment you'd argue that Leipzig would probably fancy their chances too um, uh, I was very surprised in the away leg in uh, in Hungary of course famous for hosting RB Leipzig games um, that was a, that's a very, very good lead for Liverpool to take. Now, how Klopp approaches this this game uh, will be interesting. I I wouldn't I would have thought that the selections today that Andy Mack pointed out, quite a lot of youngsters coming in had the Champions League half in mind. So the likes of Alexander Arnold, um, Sadio Mane, who only came off the bench today, should be relatively fresh for that game. Liverpool should be should be winning that, but I. I don't know if there's going to be some weight on their shoulders about playing at home. How can they break this losing streak? Um, but who knows? But it, it, it'll be an interesting one to watch. I really cannot call this one. Okay. Um, uh, Andy Mack, uh, I'm going to look at the Juve Porto, which of course uh, is kind of in the balance, but that's on Tuesday 11 o'clock. You, you'd be looking at Juve to maybe, maybe just be too good for Porto. Uh, you'd think that, but their form hasn't been particularly good. Uh, I mean, they did put to bed a Lazio team that have, have slightly gone wayward. Um, before that, they ended up drawing with Verona. They kind of struggled a little bit to break down t uh, teams, I think, that have uh, that have kind of got their tic-tacs a little bit right about, um, to sort of 
packing boxes, making it difficult for a few of their forwards. Uh, and I think Porto will, will do just that, um, simply because their form's not great either. They're, they're trailing in the league. Uh, they're about 10 points behind Sporting, so all they need to make sure is, is, is that they finish second, I think, this year and turn their focus to these sorts of games. And I think they've got a serious chance, um, just because I, I, I think Juve will struggle to break, break them down if, if they defend on and bulk. Um, but obviously, it's a very fragile scoreline. OK, of course, uh, Dortmund are leading Sevilla 3-2 and Barcelona have that. Or Barcelona are trailing 4-1 against PSG. Um, going to quickly go out to the break because we're running out of time. Uh, a question for both of you. Um, should, should Klopp leave Liverpool? That's a question from Kaka. Andrew Flint, yes or no? I would like to say yes from, uh, from my heart because I'm a Manchester United fan. But realistically, idiotic decision. No, he should stay. He's got a philosophy in mind. Uh, Liverpool will recover eventually, so no, he shouldn't leave, really. OK. Andy Mack, uh, should all of Glasgow be celebrating now that the title has stayed in the Scottish capital? <laughs> it's not the capital, but... <laughs> it is to um, me, and my heart uh, is always the capital. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure Partick Thistle are revelling in their special day. All right. <laughs> All right. That is very good. Right. The Handy Andys are going away. They'll be back, of course, for the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. We're going to go out to the break with, uh, I think, a song that is, I think, is setting us up for a brilliant, brilliant um, second part of our show, a brilliant third part of the show as well. And, of course, for International Women's Day. This is Katy Perry and Roar back after this with Jennifer Say.
Sports is delighted to bring you this segment. Thanks for our partnership with Match Business Consulting, the one-stop shop for all your sports events and management needs. Uh, folks, we're, we're, our next guest is someone who I have not just admiration for, not just respect for. Uh, it, it, there's something deeper than that because as a, a former athlete myself, I know what we put our bodies through and what our coaches put us through. Um, some coaches, of course, are better than others. Some support staff, like doctors and so on, are better than others. Um, but I've been very, very fortunate. The majority of people I've worked with, men or women, from the age of seven when I first started playing organized sports, have been very, very good. So 40 years on, I can say, do you know what? Um, I grew as a person, I developed, and I was very, very fortunate. However, there are a lot of athletes around the world who are not and who haven't been fortunate and didn't have the, let's just say, responsible, respectful and decent human beings as adults who should be looking after children in sport and looking after athletes in general. Um, if anyone has had the chance to see Athlete A, a movie, it's on Netflix, it's been on there since last year. A lot of people saw it during lockdown. I know Isol Cody, our legal, legal eagle, and I, we were discussing this. It's, a, it's, it's an immensely powerful movie, something that um, will make you question yourself and question sport. And the one thing is that, you know, is win at all costs winning? Or is it simply, as this next, our, our guest, Jennifer Say, says, it's sacrificing our young to win. Is that what we really want to do? Jennifer Say, author of Chalking Up and a producer of Athlete A and an absolutely terrific mom, wife and human being, you're very welcome to Capital Sports tonight. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, Jennifer, when I, I, I listen to you speak, um, of all the people, apart from... Margaret Nichols or Maggie Nichols uh, or Swaggy Nag Maggie as people were calling her or she's nick <laughs> nickname. Um, the two of you stood out overall. There was amazing people involved, men and women who are just, uh, I don't know, they, they, they deserve just like hugs and respect because of what they've done. Can you just go into a little bit um, the premise between behind Athlete A, because a lot of people here are not familiar with it when they really should sure. be. Yeah, sure. So, um, Athlete A essentially starts with um, the Larry Nasser story, who was the USA Gymnastics National Team Doctor for three decades. He also treated young gymnasts at Michigan State University, um, and he was sexually abusing them under the guise of medical treatment. Um, there is ample evidence that he was reported many times to police, to coaches, to university officials, as well as to USAG, and nothing was done. Um, and then he continued to abuse for many more years. So um, we tell the story of, of Larry Nasser through Maggie Nichols, who was the first, not the first athlete to report, but the first national team member to report to USAG, and she was deemed Athlete A. Um, but what I really wanted to do, because I've been speaking out about the abusive culture, the incredibly cruel culture in gymnastics for many years, even before the Nasser story broke, I wanted to link that story 
um, in all its horrificness to the broader culture of abuse. Because the fact of the matter is the man couldn't have done what he did for 30 years if there wasn't an entire system supporting him. Um, so that's the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from 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 your book, I mean, I I've been very very fortunate to read it. Um, you know, and, and and I urge people, it's it's still you can still order it online. Um, it, it it struck me because again, I come from a, a sports culture. I come from a culture in Ireland where a lot of abuse in schools, for example, went on, and there was this kind of omerta, this culture of silence, and. Yeah. Then when I moved into the sports world, I met that again. Why, mm-hmm. why, why is this um, present in, in the world of sports? You know, I, I, I can't say that I can necessarily speak broadly beyond gymnastics, although with the film coming out, I've certainly heard from athletes um, in all kinds of sports from all different countries. So, you know, I'm very disheartened by that but you know within gymnastics my experiences you know the athletes are so young you know you're I made my first national team when I was 10 um the training regimen is just incredibly brutal and the established methodology is one of just cruelty I, I think people can't even see it anymore it's so standard and total obedience is um you know beaten into these kids that's not a good choice of words but it's close to true um, and so then when real abuse, and I would argue the emotional and physical abuse is as destructive, um, but it's cert- that emotional, physical abuse, the bullying, the shaming, forcing to train on injuries, stretching to the point of, you know, tear- tearing muscles and injuring children, um, that creates the conditions for this terrible sexual abuse to occur because these athletes are silenced. If you if you speak up, if you have any issue with those things, the bullying, the shaming, um, the weight shaming, then you're too weak. You're pathetic and you need to get out. And so, and you already, you know, all of that is done and I explain this in the film and it causes you as a child, remember, these are children, <laughs> to question your own perception of the world because you think that you're hungry and you're told you're a fat pig and you think you're working really hard and you're told you're a lazy piece of garbage. That's all very disorienting, of course, for a young person. So then if a coach or a doctor like Larry Nasser, sexually abuses but tells you he's he's doing it to help you, it's medical treatment, if you think it feels wrong, you're unlikely to question it because you've already kind of been made to feel that you misunderstand your own experience and you've been made to feel that you're lucky to get to see this doctor um, and and so it, the, the kids are just powerless um, and it's gone on for far too long because it is something that that struck me and I think it was Maggie well Maggie Nichols one who, who mentioned it um, and I want to actually ask you about her in just a moment because Sure. You know, her, like you know, they were getting bu- bullied by coaches. I mean, not just her. There were other ones like um, sure. and just uh, Dancer as well. The the lassie, uh, yes, Dan Dancer, who came up and was immensely brave, and the bullying and physical and, and and mental and emotional abuse that they were going on, like that they were suffering. That then all of a sudden you had this uh, or Jenser, sorry, was uh, yeah, then I'm Jamie, sorry, yeah, yeah, Jamie. and I mean. Then you had this guy, a doctor, who was not just inappropriately touching them, he was raping them. Excuse me, he, he was, was like, you know, it was, it was rape, was, it was more than assaulting them. Assaulting yeah. them. And they found that was kind of almost nice because everyone else was telling well, them they were was, crap. And he was yeah. giving them little gifts and little... That's right. 
but, I mean, um, that was his method of grooming, right? Which, you know, you definitely hear from many uh, of many sexual abusers. He listened to them. He said, I, you know, he acted like the nice one. He gave them food when they were hungry. Um, and so that was sort of adding to the confusion, of course, that this nice person who was, you know, someone, a shoulder to cry on, was really the most abusive of all. And, and then, yeah. you know, very, very recently, I mean, okay, there's so much to, to, to dig into. We, don't, we haven't got time in a single <laughs> show to do it. I mean, it's, it is impossible. But then very recently, you, you had uh, uh, Mr. Getter turn around and, yes. you know, committing suicide ahead of him, you know, getting exposed for what he was. Well, he was exposed. So there were over 25 criminal charges. He was supposed to go turn himself in. The charges ranged from sexual assault to human trafficking um, because he carried children across state lines to abuse them physically, emotionally, and sexually. So he was exposed in the course of the Nasser story breaking. They were friends and in cahoots to some extent. But I think the thing that's important to note about John Getter is he abused in plain sight for years. It was the worst kept secret in sport. He abused on the training floor and the parents could see it, meaning emotionally and physically, forcing kids to train on severe injuries, um, shaming and bullying, even hitting and slapping. Um, but it was accepted because he had trained Olympians. Jordan Weaver um, was his, you know, a, an Olympic gold medalist. That was his athlete. And so not only was it accepted, it was celebrated. Now, the Nasser story broke and he kind of, got rightly swept into that and eventually these charges were filed and he was supposed to turn himself in. I don't know why they weren't going to pick him up and take him in in cuffs, but on his way in, he did commit suicide. I think the important thing though is he is one of many. He is He was a celebrated coach. Other coaches emulated him. And so that's what we haven't really tackled yet because I think what USAG would like us to believe is that Nasser is just one bad apple. Oh, and now Getter is just another man bad apple, and they're both gone. Well, that's that's not the case. Yes, that's John what, Getter was the, that's the standard. What, this is celebrated coaching. So that's, that's exactly what I want to ask you. Is yeah, is is this the tip of the iceberg, Jennifer? Is is this just kind of like the the, the kind of the the little hole in the dam breaking that it's going to just completely wash away U.S. gymnastics as it now appears? I would like to think so, but it doesn't seem to be having that impact, unfortunately. Um, USAG really hasn't made any sweeping change. They've made a lot of PR statements. But, you know, I could name 10 coaches that are on the national scene that behave, you know, as badly or almost as badly as, as John Geddard, and they know it, and they don't do anything. Um you know, the whole process for reporting abuse is still incredibly wonky and, you know, most cases get rejected and never investigated. Um, you know, it's almost like the person reporting ends up, you know, being on trial and they need to sign all sorts of NDAs. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. They're still sort of waging this PR campaign and hoping it'll all go away. I don't think it will because the great thing that happened with Athlete A is the widespread support. And so many athletes around the world came forward to say, we're not taking this anymore. This is this is too much. And, you know, having spoken to so many of them from other countries, even at this point, many said they didn't even realize what they faced was abuse until they saw the film. 
and I'm talking about the physical and emotional abuse. And they saw it, and it just resonated. And they realized even after they exited the sport, they suffered. You know, your self-esteem suffers. You suffer from essentially PTSD, um, just horrible nightmares and anxiety and depression. And many have suicidal ideation. And they watched the film, and it, they saw themselves in it and came forward. And people around the world are using the hashtag Athlete Alliance or Gymnast Alliance to tell their story. And so... I think it's the athletes and former athletes that are going to drive the change. I don't think leadership in any of the national governing bodies is going to do it. They, they've shown themselves incapable, in my opinion. It's something that um, I've interviewed athletes and I've known, well, from, from sports, mixing in sports, I've known many of them from, uh, ma mainly from Europe, of course, from Hungary, from here in Russia, yeah. from Uzbekistan, from Ireland, from Germany as well. And I remember Henrietta Anodi, the um, mm -hmm. Hungarian, sure. uh, yeah. Hungarian telling me that... Uh, the, you know, being forced to, you know, train through injury and so on, that, you know, that they, she said that sometimes, you know, she couldn't feel her legs after training. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because you were basically so worn out. She goes, no, because no. they injected into her hip, like painkillers into her hips. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was I like, wait, hold too. on. Yeah. So, I mean, Jennifer, that's the other thing. Now, I'm, I'm, I've been... For years, for years, one of the reasons why I walked away from sports in 2013, from working with athletes, from tennis especially, where I, when parents knew what was going on, but went, but you know what, like, he gets results. I was like, yeah, but he's, um, he's going to abuse your child. Yeah, but like, yeah. he gets results. And, I know. You know, and this abuse of um, painkillers, this abuse, you know, it, it just, yeah. it drove an nail into my heart and I, I couldn't get back onto it. Yeah. Um, how bad is, for example, because we've seen it when it was exposed, the different uh, therapeutic use exemptions given to, to young gymnasts. Yeah. Surely that these people should be, not the athletes, the coaches should be jailed for, you know, emotional, physical, and, and goddamn drug abuse, I, I'm sorry. I agree. I mean, I, so I, I am old and competed back in the 80s, was on the national team for about not eight years in the 1980s. I think Henrietta is probably maybe slightly younger than me, but that was my experience. We had a doctor that came to the gym. He shot cortisone into my left ankle. I can't even tell you how many times, every six weeks or so. You're not supposed to ever get it more than two or three times. Um, he came to the gym just to do that, um, decreasing effectiveness. Of course, it's dangerous to have it, you know, that many times. But the real problem is this ankle was... I mean, if you'd seen it, you you would know there was something wrong. It was purple and the size of a grapefruit for two years. Um, and I kept getting x-rays and MRIs, and he kept saying, nope, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. I mean, any layman could look at it and know there was something wrong. It wasn't until I was 40 and went to a doctor because I could barely walk that he said, how did you shatter your left ankle? It must have been a car accident. It was really bad. He didn't know yet that I had been an athlete. So I trained on a, what he called a shattered ankle for two years, and they shot me up with cortisone every six weeks for two years. So, and, and that, he brought his black bag, and he gave everyone a shot. And this is a, you know, a noted orthopedist. So, um, I, you know, my understanding from national team members that I know and talk to for the last four decades is this was pretty standard operating procedure. The number of people I know that have had hip and ankle replacements, you know, at 40 or before the age of 40, like that's just, it's not acceptable. And I can say I didn't understand that that causes long-term damage. I wasn't given a choice. Now, I may, 
I may have chosen to keep training, which is really problematic, especially for a minor that can't effectively make that choice. But I just thought I'm in pain. And once I walk out of the gym, everything will be fine. Well, that isn't what happened. It causes long-term damage, you know, really, really serious long-term damage. And this is just the way it's done. And then you think about Nasser, who was the team doctor, by the way. And the way he treated every child that came in, whether it was an ankle, wrist, hip, or whatever, was he sexually assaulted them by putting his hand inside of their bodies. So clearly that was not medical treatment that was helping them. So there is no... I mean, are there some good doctors out there helping? Sure. But my coaches, when I had an injury, they stood there in the emergency room with the doctor telling him what to do, quite literally. I had a concussion. I needed stitches in my head. They said, don't give her stitches. She hasn't meat this weekend. Uh, Wrap her fingers up. She's going to the meat anyway. Three broken fingers. Um, That's just how it was done. And they found these doctors like Nasser or like the doctor I had that were willing to do that to get the kids back out on the floor. And you know, you mentioned the parents. I think, sadly, and it's not that I, you know, don't hold some some blame there, but I think they either buy in, you know, or they don't. They don't know, you know. I mean, I lived away from my parents. I didn't tell them. I didn't want them to take me out until I really wanted to be out because I had bought into this dream and I'd given so much of my life. And you know, you hear the nickels in the film, and I, I th- and and Maggie had a very supportive club coach, so. You know, that that's important to remember. The unsupportive, mean, nasty, abusive coaching was from the Corollis and the national team. But I think often parents don't know or they buy into the system as necessary. And that's unfortunate. They need to defend their child and their child's healthy development before winning medals. I wish I could go on speaking with you longer. And I w- would you please come back on in a couple of weeks and speak with us again, Jennifer? Yeah, to happy to. More. Listen, yeah, thank you so, this is so much. A su- yeah, yep. this is a subject I've been thinking about for many years in my own recovery and have talked to hundreds, if not thousands of athletes and, and gymnasts. And I'm, I'm struck by how similar our uh, experiences have yep. been. And that's why I know it's so widespread. Thank you. Thank you for having thank, me. Jennifer, thank you so, so much. And again, um, if, if I can get your hands on Chalked Up, uh, Jennifer's book, and of course, watch um, Athlete A, the film. Jennifer, say thank you very, very much and talk with you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, folks. Um, okay, uh, if anyone was affected by what they heard, please reach out. There are lots of services. Don't um, don't don't suffer in silence. Okay. Um, that segment was, of course, in association with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports consultancy. We're going to go out with a very appropriate song. This is Alesso and Heroes back with the quiz after this. Sports with Alan Moore.
with Alan Moore. Okay, folks, um, had to sort of compose myself a little bit after that last segment with Jennifer Say. She'll be back on in a couple of weeks. Um, there's so much we could discuss on this because, again, it's things that we've discussed many times, you know, in capital sports. We've been to the forefront of it, and I think we've been very fortunate to have, you know, I've got wonderful co-hosts and a wonderful management team here and producer who basically make sure that we are able to speak about these issues because um, far too often it gets covered up or pushed to one side. Um, however, you know, doing that then basically, well, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so folks, we are going to go uh, right away to our crew who are all uh, online waiting for us. I, I hope everyone's online. I have a, a bit of a worry that Double N is not there. But I'm delighted to say that for our Big Fat Filthy Quiz tonight, we have a really superb lineup. Yes, we're going to go on full-on International Women's Day, which, of course, is tomorrow, the 8th of March. So, again, huge greetings to everyone out there. Uh, well, of course, all the women out there, so enjoy tomorrow. But we're going to start off the enjoyment tonight. And I'm delighted to welcome on. This is the kids versus the moms. So uh, this is going to be a big, big showdown because there's a lot at stake. There's family pride, but more than anything else, there's capital sports pride on the line. Um, so I'm delighted to welcome on uh, Andy Mack. You're there with us. Already swallowed my pride and ready. All right. That, as long as that's all you swallowed, that's okay. Um, Fiona Flint, you're there with us. I am. Lovely. Okay. Isil Cody, our legal eagle, you're there with us as well. I cannot leave my mother. Okay. Anne McLean, you're there with us, I believe. Is Anne McLean online? Andy Mack, is your mom online? <laughs> You're asking the right question. <laughs> Andy, you might get your mother online. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Andrew Flint, you're there online. I am. I am. I hope my mum is too. Oh, you, you, she just said she is, Andrew. <laughs> I've already said hello to your mom. My God, don't be such, don't be such an ungrateful son. My goodness. Right. And Marceline Cody, you're there as well down in Limerick. Or Tipperary, Tipperary. Uh, Tipperary, absolutely, I am. <laughs> All right, and I know that you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a dub stranded down in the in the south of Ireland. So my my commiserations to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a weird one. Like your daughter's up in Dublin, up in my neck of the woods, and you're down there, and yeah. her, uh, it just doesn't make sense. Okay, well, I'm I'm a good representative there, you know. Well, that's true. Yeah, she's kind of like. You know, you're the, the the consulate there, you know, up in Dublin, so she's your representative. There's a quiz issue. My ambassador. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh so uh Eastwood, how is your hand by the way? Is nothing broken? No, my hand is perfectly fine. Mother, the dog tried to kill me last night. There's a small dog. Uh, the dog ran off and I whacked my hand off the sign trying to grab her lead. So yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Double N, you're there as well, as our Judge Snyder, I believe. Uh, yep, yep. I'm well, there. actually, now you're changing. You're not going to be Judge Snyder after all. <laughs> Guess what? You're now Andy Mack's long-lost brother. I would say mother, <laughs> but like, I'd say a brother from another mother. So you're going to have to join Andy Mack <laughs> to be punished. Okay, I see. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. This is Car Crash Radio. Right, here we go. Okay, so starting off, Andy Mack, first question for you. The first round are 
WNBA teams, yeah. okay? So Women's National Basketball Association teams. I'll give you the city, you give me the name of the team. So, Andy Mack, for five points, Phoenix, what? What's Phoenix, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, what is this? Women's national basketball? Yeah, uh, I've got absolutely no idea. Make uh, it, guess. A, um, um, what do they have there? Oh, oh come on! You have three um, seconds. Three, two, one. Tell me. Storm. No, no, it's Mercury. Mercury. Okay, Fiona Flint. <laughs> Uh, this is a good one for you. It's Los Angeles. Los Angeles. This is something you might see coming from under underneath a train. Los Angeles what? Under a train? Yeah. When the metal's hitting against the metal. Rails? No, no. Sparks. Sparks. Sorry, that's a terrible hint, isn't it? That's a really bad hint. I'm very bad at, at giving hints. Right. Uh, Eastfield Cody. The Atlanta. Atlanta what? Atlanta Dream. Very good. <laughs> Eastfield's so up for this tonight. All right. Anne McLean, it's over to you. Indiana, it's something that you'd have if you're a bit sick if you're not well. Indiana. So, is it for me? No, this is for... <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. That's for you. Double N. Yeah, sorry, you're Anne. I forgot about that. Double N. Uh, <laughs> All right. Do you, do you want me to do a Mrs. Right. A Mrs. Doubtfire type thing? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Double N, quick, tell me. Indiana what? Um... Indiana foxes. Okay. No, how can if I said you're a bit sick and you have foxes, how can you have foxes? Well, okay, I I don't know. No, zero. It's fever, fever. Okay, fever. Okay, Andrew Flint. Andrew Flint. The Washington what? Washington. Oh, well, I mean, um, well, it's not rails. I know that much. Um, oh. Any, any it's got to give me a start. Half the blue here. Um, oh, Washington Capitals. No, that's a hockey team. Mystics, Mystics, oh. Mystics. Yeah. Oh, okay, God. and finally, Marceline, your one. The Dallas what? Something you'd find on an airplane. Dallas what? Hmm. Let it's, me see. Um, something to do with wings. Yes. Well done, Dallas Wings. Well done. Ooh, mother and daughter are tied neck and neck at five each. Okay, this is getting good. Okay, now the next one, of course, is our missing word round. Andy Mac, because your mom isn't here, I know that that's when you can like let your hair down or your man bun down. So uh, here we go. Uh, five points for a correct one. Ten points for a funny one. Um, I okay. This was Alex Ferguson. Uh, Alex Ferguson saying, "I wondered how many what." I would see again. Uh, Prince Andrew babysitters. Oh, God. No. I'm going to give you eight for it. I'm going to give you seven for that one. It's a bit risque. Uh, no, sunny days, he said after he had his, um, his brain hemorrhage. He, he, he didn't know if he'd see any sunny days again. Okay, moving quickly on. Fiona Flint. Um, every time, this is Pep Guardiola. Every time we won the title next season, what? Pep Guardiola, the Man City manager. Every time we won the title, next season we uh, next season we what? Oh, heaven forbid! <laughs> we beat United. Oh, 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 oh. oh, ten points for that one. <laughs> we were there. We were there. <laughs> oh God, for us. 
No, it's wrong. No, the correct answer is we were there. But I'm going to give you 10 points, Ron, because that's really good. That's very cruel and clever. Right. Isil Cody, right? How Indian wrestler built her legend by beating what? This is Divya Kakai. Oh, God. Kakaraz. Beating high cholesterol? (laughs) I... No, I don't know what an Indian wrestler did. <laughs> By beating boys, she had to compete against boys. I'm going to give you. Well, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to give you six points for that one. Okay, I'll give you six points because that was quite good. High cholesterol. Okay, um, double N, or I should say uh, Anne McLean, McLean even. Um, I was told to what? My legs are training. Thank God, Andy McLean didn't get this. <laughs> and it's so simple. What? Nothing. Nothing. I did not say a thing. <laughs> I, I think I think I heard something, but I also just fall, fault. Fold my legs. Oh, no. It's cover my legs, but I'll give you five points for a double end. <laughs> okay. Fold, I'll give you six. It's actually cover my legs again. This, okay, anyway. Um, Andrew Flint. Um, someone has to come and explain what... What... Someone has to come and explain what? What? Someone has to come and explain how on earth you're holding this quiz together. <laughs> I'm going to give you five points for that. It's what a handball is. What a handball is. Okay. And finally, Mar- Marceline Cody down in Tipperary for you. Um, okay. This is a tennis one. Because uh, I, I think you're a tennis fan. Uh, I think it's Pear, Pear, uh, Benoit, Benoit Pear out in Argentina after being Dr. Point for what? Throwing her racket. <laughs> actually, it's actually simple enough, but I'm going to give, give you seven points for that one. I'll give you six points, same as, as you said. Six points for that one. It's. Um, it's Pardon, Easelt? She's more competitive than she gets points. <laughs> so, uh, it's Dr. Point for spitting because he actually, he pointed out where uh, an ace, a gase was given was out and he spat on the ground. He actually then served himself out a match in the end. He actually threw the match. There you go. In Argentina, in the Argentinian Open. Okay. Um, after that, so far, we have Andy Mack, or sorry, yeah, Andy Mack has seven points. Uh, Fiona Flint is on 10. Isil Cody is on 11. Double N or Anne McLean is on six. Andrew Flint's on five. And Marceline Cody is on 11. So right now, looking at it, the moms are slightly in the lead. So kids, you better not get spanked tonight. You have to try and win, okay? And the thought of Double N spanking Andy Mack is just, that's just wrong. Right. Um, Andy Mack, here we go with you, okay? This is your European... Pardon? I said pay-per-view, event only. <laughs> this is nuts. Right. Um, okay, so this is all on the line. So this is 10 points for a correct answer for this one. It's an either-or. The European Indoor Athletics course is finishing up uh, this weekend or today. When was the first one held, Andy Mack? Was it 1980 or 1970? Now, in the current, when it's been called the European Indoor Athletics Championships. So, 80 or 70? Um, I would say 70. You should have said correct. 
You're right. You're <laughs> <laughs> well done. Okay, anyway, well done. Okay, uh, Fiona Flint. Um, which country topped the medals table in 2017 and in 2018? Was it Team GB or Poland? In what sport? In all sports. So who won the most medals at the European Indoor Athletics Championships? Uh, um, what was it? Team GB or what? Poland. Oh, I think Team GB. Oh, God. No, it was Poland. Poland. Oh. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, surprised me when I was doing the research for it. So there you go. Uh, Isolt Cody. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to get this right. Uh, Helena or Yelena Fibergerova. Fibergerova. She's from, uh, well, Czechoslovakia. Won 11 medals. How many were gold? Eight or seven? So 11 medals. Eight or seven or gold? I'm going to go with eight. You went correctly. You're right. Yes, eight gold and three silver. There you go. Uh, double N or Anne McLean? Um, your one. Verona Elder, who was the GB 400 meter runner. How many medals did she win? Was it five or seven? Um, I will go with seven. Oh, you should have gone with five. Yeah, you've gone with five. Um, three gold, one silver, and one bronze. Okay, Andrew Flint. Okay, you can, if you get this, you will probably guarantee the win for the children. Um, so, here we go. Uh, in 2011, in the women's 800 meters, GB, Team GB, won gold and bronze. Silver went to an athlete... But who was it? Was it Maria Fernandez or Linda Margay? Uh, that was definitely Fernandez. Are you sure? Not at all, but I'm going to say Fernandez anyway. <laughs> okay, it was actually Margay, Linda Margay. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, now, I, I, I'm, 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 look, okay, finally, uh, Marceline, um, y y you can bring this one home for your side, I think, if you get it. So, in 2023, the European Indoor Athletic Championships will be held in the O2 Arena in Prague or the Alake Athletics Arena in Istanbul. The O2 Arena in Prague. Oh, so confident. Are you sure? I am. Well, it's actually in Istanbul. In Istanbul. Woo! Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the joy. The joy of Vesel Cody. So, right now, I'm adding up the totals very, very quickly. Uh, it does seem like the children have won this one. So, the children have bested the parents on this. Uh, leading it all the way. Or leading it most of the way. Uh, Isol Cody on 21 points. Andy Mack on 17. Marceline Cody, Marceline Cody on 11, Fiona Flint on 10, and, well, then, then it was Duffel N and Andrew, Andrew Flint on 6 and 5, respectively. Folks, thank you very, very much for that today. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, boss. Well done. Thank, thank you.
Thank you all. Okay, so we will go off in tonight in just one moment, folks. Uh, again, tomorrow, a very happen, happy International Women's Day for you all. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back, of course, at 10 o'clock next Sunday night here on the same, well, same channel, of course. Um, again, thank you all for joining us. Um, and give that person next to you, give your mom, sister, girlfriend, wife, uh, that special person, give them an extra hug tomorrow and say thank you very much. I love you very, very much. And